0: Welcome back to episode 28 of the Red Sox On Deck Podcast. This is your host, Bob Osgood, joined by Shelly Verstrait. Shelly, you have a playoff fever yet? How are we feeling?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I'm feeling pretty good, especially uh, after that sweep of uh, Baltimore. Um, and we have a, a, a kind of sort of easy kind of layup going into the playoffs. So I'm feeling kind of good. How are you feeling?
0: Yeah, you were calling for Baltimore last week, and that was just what we needed. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'd say I got the the fever at this point. You know, the two game lead suddenly, and uh, hopefully things work out tonight against the Mets to to get another sweep and keep the yellow jerseys going. Um, I gotta <laughs> admit, I'm not a huge fan of the jerseys when I'm watching the game, but if they're gonna win every night in them, I think I need to I need to adapt here because it's getting a little bit out of hand. Um, but yeah, I got the uh, the fever enough that we've locked in our, our seats for the wild card game, so I'm really hoping that we can pull off that four seed and have the the wild card game at home. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to jinx anything, but I'm also trying to be there uh, in our one opportunity today. So. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to go, and I'm trying to trying to get into Fenway once or twice over the next week and or over the next month, and I hope it's just beyond a one game playoff. But going to get there first, and there's a huge series this weekend against the Yankees. Um, you know, we wanted to hit on a couple major league topics as some of these minor league teams have end, ended their season, and a little less to talk about there. Uh, ended up seeing Chris Sale here throwing on regular rest, four days rest, which we weren't sure last week. That was one of the topics, and it happened. So, uh, good to see they're pushing him a little bit the last couple weeks of the season after a 10 day layoff.
1: Yeah, um, I, 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 I guess I was kind of surprised that they, they threw Sale against the Mets versus the Yankees, but, you know, I was talking with Keaton, um, on the pre-cap pod. And he had brought up. You know that Cora said. That they just want to just. Maximize. Um, sale starts. So as long as they can get. like That extra start. Um, from Sale. Um, yeah. Even if it's not against the Yankees. that That's kind of what they're going for. So uh, when he brought that up. I'm like okay yeah I get it. It just kind of felt kind of odd. That they you know Sale was going up. Against the Mets instead of the Yankees. But.
0: Yeah, it's funny. It's the opposite of what I ranted about a month ago where we didn't line him up to face any of the teams that we were competing against, the Red Sox were competing against. Yeah, Um, yeah. But it's totally different at the end of the year. You need as many wins as possible, and at this point it doesn't matter who they're against, especially when you're in the driver's seat. Maybe if they were chasing New York and needed that win, it might be a little bit different, but that is a good point. I was looking ahead to next week where they're going to be in an NL park which is strange. You expect to have um, division games at the end of the year. And obviously, with 15 AL teams and 15 NL, somebody has to end the season facing interleague play. Uh, All of a sudden, I feel like there's a debate of who would sit in a National League park, Um, especially the way that Bobby Dahlbeck has been hitting as probably the hottest hitter in the American League over the last... Month and a half, I guess, since the trade deadline when Kyle Schwarber uh, trade lit a fire under his ass, it appears. But who would you expect to sit? You know, if there was one game that you needed at the end of the season, and it's in that NL park, um, who do you think would sit? The four names that come to mind for me are, are Dahlbeck, Schwarber, J.D. Martinez, and Alex Verdugo, just as your corners and and your outfielders.
1: Uh, yeah, for me um it definitely would have to be is it a righty or a lefty um yeah. and that is really determination and that determination would basically between dahlbeck and schwarber um and you know they're going into um into washington for the last kind of weekend uh yeah it, it really does depend on that um as much as i i have I know that JD has kind of been not the JD that we had seen from a couple of weeks ago I still he still needs to be there um, in the lineup same with Verdugo Um, he's just a good steady Eddie kind of guy Um, so to me it depends on who's on the mound Um, righty lefty and then that's who is in the lineup either Dahlbeck or Schwartz
0: yeah that's interesting because I I can't think of a scenario where I want Dahlbeck sitting there, especially with the defense. I think that you have to, if you if you need that yeah. game, you got to have the best defense out there, and, and Dahlbeck checks that box, which Schwarber doesn't, and JD doesn't. So for me, it's between Schwarber and JD, and I'm just really down on JD Martinez right now. Yeah. You look at the you look at the season as a whole, and it doesn't look that bad, but those first five, six weeks of the year where it's so dominant. You were talking MVP yeah. at that point and um, now I want to see him and Dahlbeck switch spots in the lineup. I would be fine if Dahlbeck hit fifth and Martinez hit seventh, so um, it'll be interesting. I mean, the hope is that you've clinched with a couple of days left and you can kind of circle through and give everybody a day or two in that last series and line up your rotation and not use Chris Sale that last day of the season and be able to use him in a wild card game. But we'll see. It'll be interesting. If you had to I'll ask you two different questions here, um, what would be, for that wildcard game, your um, playoff prediction compared to your hopes? What do you think will happen uh, versus what you want to see happen, which we actually talked a little bit about in the uh, Over the Monster Roundtable last week.
1: Um, so you talk about, like, pitching matchups?
0: Uh, no, the teams. The, the the two teams that you oh, think oh, oh. will be in that one-game playoff and who yeah. you want to see in that game.
1: Okay. Uh, who do I think is going to be there? I think it's going to be uh, Red Sox and, and uh, Blue Jays. Um, I'm hoping for, like, a Chris Sale-Robbie um, Ray matchup because that would be just super-uber-sexy, right? Yep, uh, yep. But... Uh, yes, I think it's going to be those teams, but I mean, I, w- I would like to see the Yankees kind of get into it, but I just don't think that they have the firepower to get there.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way for the Red Sox to win the series this weekend, and it's still being mathematically possible for <laughs> the Yankees to end up in that game. And I think they can because. Um, especially if boston just takes two out of three i'm sure they could overtake toronto between that but if it's a sweep i i think it'd be unlikely um so i end of the day i've got the same answer i do think toronto has just so much firepower um you know they had a tough series here against tampa bay losing two out of three but i think that down the stretch you know they're hitting and with ray uh leading that rotation i think they'll sneak in but man it would be an absolute spectacle to see that, whether it's at Fenway or the Bronx, a one game playoff, you know, retribution for Bucky Dent 40, 50 yeah. years ago, uh, would be pretty incredible. So that's what I'm hoping for as well. Um, but anyways, moving on to some minor league news, we've got our final standings in a few different levels. The only teams still playing, as we mentioned last week, will be uh, Worcester for this week and next. And then the, um, the DSL teams as well. The, Portland uh, Sea Dogs finished the season sixty-seven and forty-seven, excellent record, but couldn't quite sneak into that top two, that was necessary to get into the playoffs. Uh, Greenville was eliminated uh, before last week; they ended up at sixty-seven and fifty-three, and Salem seventy-one and forty-nine, outstanding record, but ended up a little bit of a disappointment as they lost four of their last five games to end the season. We mentioned on last week's pod that. They had the upper hand on down east, and they ended up losing four out of five and a couple of tough losses there. You know, Friday they had Wilkelman Gonzalez going; he threw four shutout innings, and then uh, Jordan Di Valerio gave up seven runs in relief and got the loss there. They ended up coming back to win on Saturday, where Tyler McDonough had a couple of hits and a home run, and then Sunday it sounded like it was in front of them; they had a six-one lead in the sixth inning, but made a couple of errors. Few unearned runs and ended up falling behind um, and losing by a run there. So a little we were hoping to see one team that we could continue to talk about in a, a playoff environment uh, to bridge the gap until uh, hopefully the Red Sox make the playoffs. But team uh, Worcester, sixty-six and fifty-two, they're five and a half games back of Buffalo, so they are in a similar boat where it's unlikely unless they go on a huge run down the stretch here to. Um, They don't have a playoff, but to get crowned the champion there. And then the Complex League Red Sox, they ended up finishing their season at 37-20. and So no playoffs to speak of. We'll probably do some recaps of the season over the next couple of weeks and keep talking about Worcester. We have some players that got promoted there uh, over the last couple of days to get some additional at-bats and innings. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Some minor league Award winners were announced by the Red Sox on Tuesday. They're being honored uh, on Wednesday night, uh, tonight as we're recording at Fenway. Offensive player of the year, infielder Nick York, which is not much of a surprise there. Uh, Defensive player of the year was Sedan Raffaella, and he just open up a couple of links here. Excuse me. Uh, Starting pitcher of the year, Brian Bayo. Relief Pitcher of the Year, Jerben Feltman. Uh, base Runner of the Year, Christian Koss. Uh, Latin Program Position Player of the Year, outfielder Alan Castro. Latin Program Pitcher of the Year, uh, Jettison Paez. And the Lou Gorman Award, which is the Red Sox minor league player who has demonstrated dedication and perseverance in overcoming obstacles while working their way back to the major league team, uh, went to Cutter Crawford. So, uh, any initial thoughts and we can go through a few of these players um, and kind of why they got those awards But anyone that uh, surprised you here Shelley or you think all pretty deserving award winners?
1: Um, I mean, I thought they were all pretty deserving um, I mean, we all saw uh, What Nick York did this year and how he just totally went gangbusters after a really slow start So I'm not surprised that he won that award uh, Saddam so Rafala, you know, like I, in defensive player of the year is kind of really hard to judge um, if you're not watching games uh, yeah. all the time. But, you know, I've really heard some good things about his defense. Um, so kudos to him. Uh, Brian Bayo, like he was like a really, just uh, a really, really, because I mean, we haven't had like a lot of good starting pitching here. Uh, recently, and we've had like some guys come off, um, you know, the last couple of months. You know, we had Bayo we had um, a couple other guys as well. So just seeing just a couple of starters, kind of, yeah. Uh, just well, there's yeah, one name that start- we're going
0: to talk about in a little bit that uh, threw his hat in the ring down the stretch. Exactly, good friend of yours. Exact- exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> like we've had like a lot of interesting starters that. I honestly, I don't remember like the last couple years have we actually had starters to actually get excited about. So, yeah, Brian Bayo, I totally got that. And then Durbin Feltman, um, I was actually surprised that he didn't get like, some run um, in Boston. Um, yeah. He was performing pretty well. So, I honestly, with all the awards, I thought they were all justified.
0: Yeah, we talked about Feltman last week, how we're, we're hoping. Uh, it seems like he kind of revamped his delivery and just mindset overall after high expectations and has really been good down the stretch this year as a 2.90 ERA over 37 appearances combined in Portland and Worcester, but, um, you know, really improved in the second half of the season uh, with his ERA, in fact, after he got promoted to AAA. Um York combined, even after the slow start that we've talked about, ended up having a 9.28 OPS over 97 games between Salem and Greenville. He's got his average all the way up to 3.25. He had 14 homers, 13 steals. So, no, that was the least surprising of all of them there. Um, and then just good to see a, a Cutter Crawford hat tip there at the end as he overcame Tommy John surgery. That he had in 2019 he had been a 16th round pick so you know not the most likely player to make it to the major leagues this year and he got that one appearance uh he got a start albeit during the the covid outbreak but great to see a player come back from adversity like that so certainly a deserving award winner there looking at, uh, at a couple of promotions three promotions in fact uh tristan cassius ronaldo hernandez and josh Winkowski all are going to be up with Worcester for the last two weeks of the season and with Hernandez Ronaldo Hernandez catcher is interesting because I think I want to say it was late July that I talked about him being a bit of a disappointment someone that had been added to the 40 man and um, us you know the Red Sox between he and Connor Wong looking for a catcher of the future and it didn't appear that we were seeing that and both of them have been excellent the last two months of the season probably since i said that about hernandez he's had uh, multi-hit games in 11 of the last 15 games that he played at portland this year that which is just an insane stretch uh had a couple of homers on wednesday last week had four rbis on thursday since august 1st kind of that cutoff he's hit 323 with six homers 30 rbis and 21 runs um you know, overall in the season, 16 homers, so uh, quite a few of those came down the stretch, but he's got his average all the way up to 280. Um, not, doesn't take too many walks, but also does not have any high strikeout numbers. Everything has been below 20% at every level, so, you know, he he's one of those names that you weren't sure, uh, if he didn't have a, a, a hot finish, whether he would survive the the 40-man cuts at the end of the season, and I think that he probably will at this point, so, Um, We've talked about Tristan Cash's plenty. I don't think any of us were surprised by that promotion. And he, I'm honestly hoping he gets a few more at-bats at the the Arizona Fall League. I don't know whether we'll see that or not. We're hoping for those names next week. But um, any thoughts, Shelly, on Hernandez or on Josh Winkowski? Uh,
1: Yeah, I was kind of surprised that both of them got called uh, called up to AAA for like this last week. Um, I guess they were just trying to get like a few more little looks there uh, to see if they really wanted to add these guys to the 40-man. Uh, but honestly, I think uh, Renato Hernandez and Josh Mkowski definitely needs to be added. Um, Hernandez has just been killing it. Um, and, you know, our catching kind of prospect have been just really piss poor you know so just <laughs> having a guy um just having a guy who can who can hit um uh, reliably like we we just need to take all of the lottery tickets that we can so yeah. seeing that Hernandez is just like really hitting well Oh uh, yeah I think there's gonna be um added to the 40 um and then josh minkowski um he was kind of like just kind of like a throw-in you know with the trade and he's just been just kind of a, a really solid dude um yeah i don't know if he's really gonna be like a starter going forward but just seeing him just pitch extremely well it's just a really really great type.
0: yeah we we throw out strikeout numbers a lot with different pitchers and looking at his he's got 88 strikeouts in 100 innings um so he's more of a pitch-to-contact guy, but he definitely has multiple secondary pitches that um, that he can get strikeouts when he needs it. And that's you know, not the worst thing to have command control guys. Um, you know, your your Kyle Hendricks types in the world. You know, ho- hopefully Winkowski can be one of those. We'll see what he's able to do against the Triple A competition. Uh, Twenty-three years old, so still pretty much on track, and you know, potential back of the rotation type of starter. Uh, for Winkowski wanted to um I wanted to take a lap on a player that you were totally right about Shelley you about a month ago chronicled Brandon Walter so if I need to do push-ups or suicides whatever it is (laughs) um you know let me know 25 year old 26th rounder in 2019 is when he was drafted so wasn't really on our radar a whole lot coming into the season or even halfway through the season but in his last nine starts uh, with Greenville since he had been promoted up there four and one with 65 strikeouts in 46 innings now including an eight earned run performance in those nine starts he has a 233 ERA in that time an 084 whip 166 batting average against uh in his last nine starts and if you look at his splits for the entire season i know he's about 34 percent called strike whiff rate um before his promotion when he was at salem and then about 36 percent up at greenville so he finished the season strong last weekend with five innings giving up one run he had eight strikeouts he didn't walk anybody um you know, keeping the walks down, striking people out, and I—I I know uh, Matt Collins with Over the Monster said you can make a legitimate argument that he was the best pitcher in the system. You know, maybe not the the highest ceiling prospect, but the best pitcher in the minor league system this year. And the more you look at it, with just an incredible last two months of the season, the more you can make that case. So, feel free to take a victory lap or add anything that you have there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I just I just like the dude, because honestly, going into the season, um, I didn't really pay him any mind. Um, but, you know, I look at minor league box scores um, every day, and I just kept seeing uh, Brandon Walter just, just mowing down, you know, guys in, like, Greenville. I'm just like, who is this guy? I, I don't know who this guy is, but I'm like, yeah, okay. So I started to do like a little bit more research and it's basically he just had like this huge velo bump from like the upper 80s to like mid 90s and he's like kind of like totally changed his just kind of yeah. mechanics a little bit and uh yeah he's actually a really interesting guy even even though that he was like twenty six round pick um yeah. Again, he is old for the level. He just turned twenty-five, so he's twenty-four for pretty much the entire season. So yeah, he's a little bit old for the level, but even that being said, like he is still performing extremely well. So yeah, this is a guy that I'm like really excited to see um, you know, what he does next year. I don't know if he's gonna go to the AFL. Um, I'm kind of, you know, fingers crossed that he is uh, because I'll be there for the first week of the AFL. So I'm hoping I get to see him live. There you go. he, even if he doesn't go out there, I really will be watching um, him next year because he totally just blew my mind. A 26-round pick doing this it's crazy.
0: Right, in his first go-around there. And, you know, like we said, with the age... You still need to perform. It doesn't matter. um And, and had a one point, um, excuse me, one point four five ERA at Salem before the promotion. So you say, okay, you know this was deserving. And then did the same thing. Now again, his ERA was three point seven zero at Greenville. Had a couple tough starts and then bounced back, fought back from that very well with just crazy strikeout rates. So yeah. Brandon Wall that you know that is the most pleasant surprise of the season for sure. Um, In my mind, the biggest disappointment um, was Hudson Potts, and he was kind of touted as, you know, we knew he had plus raw power, needed to see it in games, but it still seemed like going into this year, um, a lot of folks thought that his versatility and just the potential, that he could still be an MLB starter, and it really seems like time is running out for him both to be a starter but also possibly to be on the 40-man roster as there's going to need to be some some cuts this offseason and some players that are added and then I know that this is going to be with the bargaining agreement and having money under the luxury tax there's going to be a lot of movement around the 40-man and you know former first round pick um, that came over in the trade from San Diego two years ago or I guess in 2020 and this year he hit 217. His OBP was 264. He had 11 home runs in 78 games and actually, I think, had three or four home runs in the last couple of weeks just to get to that 11 home or 47 RBI. Um, you know, the season before at AA, he hit 227 at in San Diego with a 290 OBP. The year before that, his first go around at AA, albeit in 22 games, he hit 154. So we're just not seeing it here. We haven't seen it since 2017 that he has produced and I, I think it's probably a likely cut this off season.
1: Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Um, I mean i liked when, you know, we kinda traded for him or, you know, assigned him and it's like, yeah, you gotta take a flyer on like a first round draft pick from a you know, a few seasons ago, but I mean we haven't seen anything. Just like you said, we haven't seen anything for a couple years. And throughout the entire year you 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 cannot roster a 264 obp no. in double you can't that's you just can't um so yeah. sadly i do th- i do agree i think that he's going to be cut off the 40 man cuz yeah you can't It's yeah. it sucks but you can't you can't
0: yeah, and he's still, you know, he's 22. He'll be 23 yeah. in the offseason. And just to clarify that, he did come over in the Mitch Moreland trade along with uh, Jason Rosario last year. So I'm sure he'll catch on somewhere, but uh, it's my guess for a possible cut this offseason. A couple of other minor league uh, notes that we saw from the last week. I wanted to check again on Jeter Downs because we talked a lot about his average in the 170s and the 180s and whether he could even be demoted and or whether you kind of keep him at triple A you know, be too much of a, a confidence killer and I was actually there on September 7th when he came off the IL and he had two hits and he had a third ball that just narrowly missed being a home run and another one that narrowly missed being a double down the line and his swing looked great and I was just like you know, I'm not seeing any swing and miss of course you go to one game and it's pretty it's pretty hard to get the full picture um and saw that he has three home runs in the last two weeks but still just eight for 36 in that time frame over the two weeks and 13 strikeouts and uh i don't know this is going to be certainly a debated one in the offseason and we'll see whether cheater downs is uh hopefully his confidence is not lost but these strikeout numbers have continued and his second half has been worse than his first half so that's a tough one. And then that one uh the other one, Connor Siebel down at Worcester, had five shutout innings, um, going back down after his start at Boston. Um good to see him pitch well. We could see him again, whether it's you know, to fill a spot if they clinch or if they need an arm down the stretch, they're getting a lot of arms back from the COVID IL at this point. Uh, and then Brian Bayo, Shelly you brought up earlier, finished the season with five innings, one run six strikeouts and Pedro Castellanos another name who had some big games down the stretch he was four for four on Saturday and two for five uh, on Friday with a home run at Portland so uh, you know just a few other names I'm not sure if there was anyone else that that you wanted to highlight uh, that you saw over the last week
1: um not really um but I kind of want to pick your brain a little bit on Jeter Downs um all right we, you know, he was in AAA the entire year. They kept him there, uh, which makes me kind of think that they still believe in the guy. However, do they start Jeter at AAA next year, or does he get that demotion to AA just how much that he struggled uh, this year?
0: Yeah, he's going to AAA again, I think. He is? Okay. Because he's 23 now. Yeah. Oh man 182 264 OBP 330 slugging WRC Plus was 58 They have 14 homers 35 RBIs 38 runs, 17 steals Yeah, I just think that they have too much invested in him And I think that You allow the You allow him to repeat the level But yeah. I don't know, 33% strikeout rate but you have to hope that they make some adjustments in the offseason and that he works his butt off and that you know makes some adjustments and fights back and that things were just kind of mental for him down the stretch because we know the talent's there we know what he's yeah. done at some of the lower levels you know at high a in 2019 at 19 homers 23 steals and had no OBP at 354 like we know it's there and we've read all the scouting reports and um geez I mean the guy came over the Mookie Betts trade you can't just give up on him after a year but um I don't know am I am I off base what do you think
1: no I mean I mean that's what I was thinking too because it's like I mean I was kind of like thinking about like yeah maybe the you know maybe the the you should like demote him back down to double a like a couple months ago i'm like what's the point of that that's gonna like totally just just let him go let him figure it out yes this year has just been um kind of um awful and kind of like a waste but hopefully he can totally get it back because i mean we've seen the talents um before so yeah
0: yeah i mean reading a couple of reports on games that i didn't go to or talking to people i knew that went to games you know it just seemed like there were breaking balls that he was missing by two feet kind of thing it didn't seem like he was just you know a small adjustment away from breaking out so that that's what i'm worried about but yeah i don't know i could could see it going either way for sure so all right um Well, if you enjoy what we do here, please leave us a five-star rating and review uh, on or on any of the podcasts that you listen to with Over the Monster. We've got uh, Matt Collins and Brian Joyner who do the Over the Monster podcast. We've got Jake Devereaux and Keaton DeRocher on the red seat. We have the pre-cap pod with Shelly and Keaton, as Shelly mentioned earlier. And going to be some great content these next couple of weeks and hopefully you know, at least a week or two into october we can continue to be talking about this season it's been a hell of a lot more fun than last year so thank you for joining us and uh, we'll talk to you next week